Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse will be out all week. If someone's looking on YouTube, or not YouTube, but on a, a video, and you see that big patch on my head, yes, I got conked on the head, but I'm fine. Can you tell? It's a joke. Well, we have a special guest, Father. Uh, we, Dr. Ed Maza is going to be joining us. Today's topic is going to be about the Ukraine war. Everything's about that right now, and tying it into Fatima. In other words, I, I, I have a paper here that says, uh, Pope Francis of you, uh, on the Ukraine war, in the name of God, I ask you to stop this massacre. Great. And in the audience there, they have a big sign that says, Holy Father, please consecrate uh, Russia to the Blessed Mother. Uh, that's the referring to the, our Fatima message. And I want to get Dr. Ed Mazza to take his input on the 1984 consecration. May uh, It was uh, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. I remember it well. Uh, but there's some interesting notes about what happened at that on that day. Also, I want to get into the third secret of Fatima. What do we know about that? So as soon as Dr. Ed Mazza's on, let me know. But I want to also uh, just keep Jesse in your prayers. He's getting more formation from Father Chad Ripperger. And again, if you want to get the uh, the conference on the Spiritual Warfare Conference last two months ago, uh, get them by going to vmpr.org with Father Chad Ripperger and his crew you can get that by going to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. If you don't want to download it, I made an exception. I put it on an MP3 disc. You can get it all on one CD disc. You just have to have an MP3 player. People say, what's that? <clears throat> well, go to electronic store. They'll sell it to you for 30 or $40, and <clears throat> you can listen to these talks. But before we get to all these other topics... I asked Jesse, I would say, Jesse, how about some soul food? Well, we got soul food today. It's from the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, 36 to 38. It's short, but here's what it has to say. So a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will be you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give the gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. And this is the last sentence of the gospel that says it all. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. Well, what are we talking about measuring our life living according to God's commandments? So when we talk about the Ten Commandments, that applies to everyone, not just to yourself. So when we say, thou shalt not murder, and you're condemning someone for um, promoting abortion, well, my golly, you're condemning that because God condemns it in the commandments. This is God's law. It applies to every single one of us. So we have to judge according to God's commandments, not man's commandments. So when man says, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z, if it's not a legitimate law, then it is no law at all, as St. Thomas teaches so keep that in mind with this gospel. You know, forgive and you will be forgiven. Yes, we're all, how, every time we go to confession, 
we experience divine mercy, don't we? So that gospel, to me, it says it all at the end when it says, the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. So our measuring here, not man, but what is God's commandments? What does God say about our moral life? And that's what we base it on, not on our individual one. All right, I know Dr. Ed's trying to get on, so we'll get him. We're working on it. Well, let's go ahead, uh, Mr. Engineer, and bring in the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop. (laughs) Full sheen ahead. I love this quote because in Lent, this is a time when we should always focus on the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah. If you're going to be a good boxer, you do that. If you're a good baseball player, go through the fundamentals. And this is why I recommend reading an entire gospel for Lent, maybe even two or three gospels or four, all four gospels, because it never gets old. And going with the fundamentals of your faith is so important. And I want to convey that with Archbishop Sheen, because here's what he says. If we are to live in a higher life, we must die to the lower life. What's he mean by that? Die to ourselves. It's not about me. It's about Christ. He says, if we live in the lower life of this world, we die to a higher life, which is Christ. All right, I'm going to put it this way. What Sheen is saying is you can't have both. People might say, oh, I, I live in the world, but, you know, uh, I like my nice things. I like to have my pleasures. No, I don't believe that's possible with what Sheen is saying, because if you live to the lower life of this world, the world will control you. We have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. So Sheen is saying that we will die to a higher life, which is Christ, if we are in the world. To put the whole law in a beautiful paradox of divine love, Sheen says, if we wish to save our life, we must lose it. That is, if we wish to save it for eternity. We must lose it for this time if we wish to save it for the Father's mansions. We must lose it for this dull world if we wish to save it for the perfect perfect happiness. We must lose it for the fleeting pleasure of mortality. Now, folks, right before I came in, there was a couple from China coming into that chapel that's right behind my back, the Sacred Heart Chapel. They loved it. They're sending their son to school here in China or in America. They're aware of the persecution in China. And I prayed with them that the government of China will be replaced with a more freer government to our Catholic faith because they can't practice religion. Their only one religion is the state religion. And they were just so impressed with our little chapel so, you know, I gave them some good material to read, and they were just lovely people. And I think of that. They're my brothers and sisters all the way, halfway around the world. But the bottom line on Fulton Sheen is this. We have to live in a higher life. We have to say no. You know, I, I, I even say this. When we have a meal, and there's some extra food, extra potatoes, extra meat, whatever, and you say, no, I'm going to deny myself that, what that does is it, Shows you that you're you're disciplined, you have a disciplined life, and you can say no to yourself. 
Because what happens is if you can't say no to yourself, when temptations come, and they will come, you're going to be weak. You can't say no to your eyes. We call it the custody of the eyes. Now, last Friday, Jesse and I talked a little bit about the Fatima and Faustina and the two powerful prayers of reparation. This is a great time during Lent to make reparation for the sacrileges that are going on in our church. I'm honest. If someone doesn't think there's sacrileges going on in the church, they got their head in the sand. I see it almost every day. And it's just because a lot of it's ignorance. But it's still a sacrilege. And remember the prayers of Fatima. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and differences with which he himself is offended. This offends our Lord. And through the infinite merits of the most sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. This is what we need to be doing in each one of us. Very few bishops are listening to this show, right? Very few, if any, cardinals are listening. It's all lay people. But we have the power to bring conversions to people through our prayers and our sacrifices. And that's why I say for Lent, let's make a sacrifice of fundamentals of our Catholic faith. Let's, let's teach those things to us again. Let's go back and open up the catechism. If you need a little help, Every Tuesday here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Bishop Strickland teaches right out of the catechism, right after the Terry and Jesse show. We're going to take a quick break. we got Dr. Ed Mazza on the phone. We're going to talk about Fatima, talk about the consecration to the Blessed Mother through uh, Russia. And also, I think it's an interesting topic. How about you? Does the third secret of Fatima mention the Ukraine? Interesting comments. Dr. Ed Mazza historian here he's the in-house historian that i've known for what 15 years and um he and i are going to chat about the fatima message and this is going to be something i think uh you want to share with your friends obviously you can do that with the podcast by going to vmpr.org and listen to these at any time after the broadcast you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse is out all week. He's in formation with Father Chad Ripperger. I wanted to uh, encourage you to pray for Jess and his wife, Anita. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about the message of Fatima. And I think it's controversial, but I think when you see the facts, you be the judge. I have my opinion on whether the consecration was made, but let's, let's, let's discuss those issues. And also, later, the third secret of Fatima. This is Terry and Jesse's show. We always say we're too blessed to be stressed, even though I have a bang on my head. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. You're going to learn something about the message of Our Lady of Fatima that will affect you, that can affect souls for all eternity. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. There's my good friend, Dr. Ed Mazza. Technology works when it works, and when it doesn't, it doesn't. 
The Russians are trying to hack my laptop. <laughs> I love it. That's because you married a, br- a Russian bride. Ed, I'm so glad you're here to talk about Fatima. That's one of my favorite topics, and I know I've had lunch with you. That's been one of your favorite topics, so we're two peas in a pod. Now, now Ed, this whole situation in the Ukraine, uh, you've written articles on it. And I want to refer people to read the entire articles. We won't get to it all today, but... You know well that uh, the consecration of the of Immaculate Mary with Russia was asked by Our Lady very clearly, and I'd like you to, as a historian, give us a little background on that question about whether it was made, and give us the facts, and then let us decide whether you know what we think about it. But I think you've laid out in this article pretty clear statements that I think are clearly showing that. It needs to be done. Your thoughts. Thank you, Terry. Yes, uh, uh, Timothy Flanders, the editor at 1 Peter 5, mm-hmm. has actually published two articles of mine mm-hmm. uh, uh, last week. The first one is called uh, Russian Roulette, yeah. how uh, Western mistakes and missteps in the Ukraine um, are coming home to Rus, mm-hmm. uh, because Rus is the original people of Russia. Uh, People might not know this. Ukrainians and Russians were originally one people. Yep. Um, My second article is, is the, is Ukraine mentioned in the third secret? Right. And in both of these articles, I refer to the consecration of of Russia, particularly in the second article. So in answer to your question, make a long story short. Yes. Our Lady of Fatima appeared to Sister Lucia in June of 1929. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father and all the bishops to consecrate Russia to my immaculate heart. And of course, she told the children in 1917, July 13th, 1917, in the second secret, that um, if my requests are heeded, obeyed, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. Now, the the kids, they were just, you know, ignorant peasant children. They didn't know what Russia was. They thought Russia was a very naughty woman, kind of like Hillary Clinton. Um, but uh, they, <laughs> if my requests are heeded, obeyed, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, Russia will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The Holy Father will have much to suffer and various nations will be annihilated. Well, what have we seen over the last hundred, almost hundred years now? Uh, Russia has spread her errors throughout the world. That's right. From China to Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, um, North Korea. She's caused wars and persecutions of the church. Uh, So obviously, the consecration was not done because if the consecration had been done, we wouldn't have all these wars and persecutions that have gone on. Now, people will say, you know, uh, and I love the people at EWTN and sure. and I, I love the people at the Blue Army. Yeah. I think you and I were both at the funeral for John Hafford. Of course. Back uh, was that 2004. And um, but I'm with Father Gruner. Uh, I am a spiritual disciple of Father Gruner. And for, for more than 33 years now, I have been studying this issue about 
the consecration of Russia and yes. the place of Russia in the world. Yes. And now I have a PhD <laughs> behind my name as well, which I didn't have 33 years ago, but I, I got that back in 2004. But anyway, long story short, when John Paul II made an act of consecration or attempted an act of consecration, March 25th, 1984, um, there was a witness to this. That's and right. that witness, and I bring him up in my article, you should. was <laughs> the chief exorcist of Rome, mm -hmm. Father Gabriel Amorth. Yep. And um, let, let me quote him uh, exactly. I'll, I'll pull up the, the article here. But he says, uh, Father Gabriel Amorth says that I was a witness. Yep. And I was just a few feet away from him. Yep. And he said, and can him is I, refer, referring to the Holy Father. Go ahead. Referring to Pope St. John Paul the Great. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said, he said to, um, here we go. Uh, this is what, this is his testimony. In 1984, the Pope quite timidly mm -hmm. attempted to consecrate Russia in St. Peter's Square. I was there just a few feet away from him because I was the organizer of the event. He attempted the consecration, but all around him were some politicians who told him, you can't name Russia, you can't. And he asked again, can I name it? And they said, no, no, no. Wow. Now, the, I, in my article, I yes. compare this, you know, for those of you that have seen the Peter Jackson movie, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, or if you've read the, the, the books by Catholic author, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien, you may recall something or maybe people, people don't know this, it was, it was on the same date, March 25th, uh, in the third age of Middle Earth, that Frodo, the hobbit, uh, went to Mount Doom to destroy the one ring uh, that was the only way to conquer evil from, from happening. And at the last minute, Frodo does not destroy the ring the way he's supposed to. Now, I... I Probably most people have seen the film or read the books. So I wouldn't be spoiling anything if I told you what happened next. But something similar happened on March 25th uh, in our age, uh, 1985, when the Pope did not name Russia. And this is important because Our Lady specifically said you have to name Russia. Now, um, what he did was he said he, he consecrated the world. And when he had finished consecrating the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart, he added this phrase, he, he departed from his prepared text. And this is what he said. He said, speaking to Our Lady, enlighten especially those who are still awaiting your consecration and confiding. Now, wait a minute. He just consecrated the whole world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. Who could possibly still be awaiting uh, her, her consecration and entrustment? The Martians? <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's a veiled reference to Russia. So even the Holy Father, St. John Paul II, admitted that in the concrete circumstances, he couldn't consecrate Russia because of the politicians, the globalists. Ed, let me be the devil's advocate for here. Uh, there's some who say Sister Lucia herself said that the consecration was done. What's your response to that? <laughs> the people who say that? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, no, I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting you on the hot speed. You have an answer to it. I want to hear it. The people who bring that up yeah. are referring to letters that began to be circulated starting in the fall of 1989. Yes. Almost 33 years ago. And then into the early 90s. Right. Now, Sister Lucia's own sister, you know, her blood relative right. says, 
She does not know how to type. She does not know how to use a computer. So these first computer-generated letters claiming to be from her are not, are not possibly from her. Secondly, if she had said that, she would be contradicting everything she had said for the previous 60 years. Now, in October of 1942, Pope Pius XII consecrated the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. So why didn't that accomplish what Mary wanted accomplished since Jean Paul II did the same thing 40, 43 years later? Right. Why didn't it work the first time? In fact, there's a, a, a bright guy, a good Catholic guy. I disagree with him. Dr. Robert Sengenis. I know him well. Sure. Who claims, yes, Pius XII's 1942 consecration satisfied heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, we had a debate on meaning of Catholic about that. Folks can go to meaning of Catholic <laughs> on the YouTube and watch our debate. But uh, and thirdly, yes, Sister Lucia was quoted as saying Mikhail Gorbachev when he met with Pope John Paul II, got down on his knees and begged forgiveness. Wow. And John Paul's spokesperson, Joaquin Navarro Valls, had to come out and say, that did not happen. Uh, that, did, that is not what happened. Hmm. So anything from sister, uh, purportedly from Sister Lucia after 1989 is totally not reliable. Well, just you, like yeah. you answered the question, Ed, and I, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of controversy about that. But let me just ask you to, I mean, think you in your article you covered this, but I, just for the sake of time, um, the fruit of the consecration, uh, can we, can you demonstrate where that is, please? So, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it this way. In yeah. 1942, when Pius the Twelfth consecrated the world yeah. instead of Russia. Mm -hmm. It did not lead to the conversion of Russia, but it did lead the next day to the first Allied victory in World War II. Turning the Battle of War, yep. El Alamein. That's right. And the next month, November, exactly. was the beginning of the Russian victory at Stalingrad yep. over the Nazis. So there is fruit Absolutely. that comes from just consecrating the world instead of consecrating Russia. So my belief is that John Paul II's consecration of the world in 1984 did bear fruit. Look what happened in the late part of that decade, yes. In fact, today, if I'm not mistaken, March 14th is the uh, 37th anniversary of Gorbachev coming to power. Wow. I still remember his portrait on the Time magazine that came out that month. Yeah. Um, and Gorbachev did something called perestroika. That's right. He did something called glasnost. Mm -hmm. And what that led to, it led to Russians being able to express their mind without being shot by the KGB. <laughs> and Basically. in 1991, it, it led to the end uh, of the Soviet Union altogether. And Ukraine and other republics became independent countries. Um, and then to, to talk more about the fruit of John Paul's consecration, yes. over the last 25 years, Putin and the government in Russia have created over 200,000 Orthodox churches. Hmm. This is a country that was godless. Yep. This is a country where they shot and killed nuns and priests and bishops and starved people, millions of people to death and blew up churches and turned churches into stables and, and where and warehouses and museums of atheism. Yep. So 
there has been tremendous fruit, and I would not want to poo-poo oh, what John Paul it. did. Sure, sure. But here we have people suffering and dying in war, and all of this could have been avoided if Russia had been consecrated to Mary's Immaculate Heart as heaven requested. Ed, I really want you to tell me what you think next time. Oh, this is good. Ed, and this is like I said at the beginning of the show, I want people to see the facts you know, we're not saying that there was no fruit that took place. Of course there was fruit from the consecration. But Our Lady was very specific about naming Russia. And for those who don't know who Father Amorth is, he's the chief exorcist in Rome, and he, he died, I think, in 2016. So uh, a good source to go to. When we come back, we'll continue to talk more about Fatima. And I want to make sure we get that. Does the third secret of Fatima mention Ukraine? fascinating question. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. My good friend, Dr. Ed Mazza is with me. Jesse will be back next week. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. My phone is uh, burning up with questions on text from people. So I always enjoy that because that tells me people are listening. And some of them would like to, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll ask. take questions. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to get some more. We'll, 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 the ones that we haven't already answered. Hey, uh, Dr. Ed, um, I don't want to, you know, short your change on you on this issue of the consecration, but I think you've made it clear that the evidence shows that uh, really it hasn't been uh, done. And let me throw one more thing in, and you correct me if I'm wrong. But if the, if the consecration was made, like certain people say, um, Russia would be converted. It seems to me, Dr. Ed, that, yes, I mean, Russia in the early part of you know, the communism, they were the first country to promote abortion on demand. Right? That's right. Okay, so that's a fact, number one. Number two, even now in Russia, you can still have an abortion, I think, up to like 12 or 14 weeks. Now, if it was converted, those babies that are being murdered wouldn't be murdered. You see my point is that that's to me, is, 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 is evidence to show that the consecration was not made. Now, my, I didn't see that in your article. Did you have that in your article? No, but you bring up an excellent point. Uh, and that is that, uh, you know, there's a war on the unborn. Yes. So obviously there's no world peace. No. And Mother Teresa mm -hmm. was asked about this, right? Yes. And, and she said, uh, if the greatest threat to world peace is abortion. Amen. Because if I can, if you can, if you can kill, a mother can kill her own unborn baby, then why can't I kill you? Or you kill me. And Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Ed, and I don't, I want to get to this other topic, but that makes to me, like we're living in a world right now where we forgot about the existence of God. We've left him out of the equation. And it seems like this is the fruit of that is war. And I have to say now it's more than ever. We need to be living that Fatima message. Now, Ed, this is another, I put you on the hot seat because I know <laughs> you can handle it. Okay. <laughs> and next hot seat is the article about the third secret of Fatima First of all, let's give some background historically what that's all about and see if there's a connection to the Ukraine war going on right now. 
Well, the interesting thing is that, of course, Our Lady revealed three secrets mm -hmm. to the children. Yes. In July 1917. Right. Uh, the first one was the vision of hell. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one. July. Yep. Was the um, uh, mention about Russia and mm -hmm. how Russia has to be consecrated by the Pope and all the bishops. Yep. And by the way, all the bishops did not join John Paul II back in uh, 1984 when he made that consecration. So it's 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 fatally lacking. Yeah. One of the most important things that's in there. Um, and the third secret was supposed to be revealed by 1960. Now, I have another article. Uh, this is from last year in uh, the Fatima Crusader magazine uh, from uh, summer 2021. And it's called Our Lady is Being Betrayed. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned how um, I'll just read the first paragraph. The third part of the message that Our Lady entrusted to the shepherd children of Fatima remains secret to this day. Our Lady asked for it to be revealed in 1960, but John XXIII had a communique published on February 8th of that year in which he stated that the church, quote, does not wish to take on the responsibility of guaranteeing the truthfulness of the words that the three shepherd children said the Virgin Mary spoke to them, unquote. And so I, I respond to that and I say, it would seem closer to the truth, however, if Pope John Twenty-third had admitted that he did not want to take on the responsibility of guaranteeing that he would steer the church in the direction of the truth in an age of modernism. Mm -hmm. So if he had listened also, when he opened up the Second Vatican Council, yep. he said, we're not going to listen to the prophets of doom and gloom. He was referring, I think, to Fatima. And now we're reaping the consequences because in the only part of the third secret that, that we actually got, the, the wording of it, there's a vision and then there's an explanation of the vision, mm -hmm. is in Portugal, the dogmas of the faith will always be preserved. Uh and that implies that the dogmas of the faith are not going to be preserved in certain places. Now, although the Vatican to this day has not released the, uh, the words of the, uh, of the secret, they claim to have released the vision in, in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. But Mother Angelica is on record as saying, I don't think we got it all. <laughs> <laughs> Those were her words, actually. <laughs> You know, she, you couldn't pull you couldn't pull a fast one on her. You'd have to get up pretty early in the morning yep. to, uh, to pull a fast one on mother. Lord rest her soul. Amen. Um, but so but we do have the witness of Father Malachi Martin. Now, Father Malachi Martin. Give us a background we, on who he is. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, in my in my article uh, again at one Peter five, uh, does the third secret of Fatima mention Ukraine? Uh, I say that Father Malachi Martin was the personal secretary to Cardinal Bea uh, from 1958 to 1964. And this is important because before he died, before Pope Pius XII died, if I'm not mistaken, Cardinal Bea was his confessor. And then John XXIII became Pope in 1958. Uh, and then of course, Paul VI in 1963. And that means that Father Malachi Martin was well-placed to know secrets particularly the third secret. In yep. fact, he claimed on various radio interviews in the he 1990s mm -hmm. that he had read the third secret or he had heard it read to him. But he was under an oath 
not to reveal its contents. And so he was very, very careful. However, Father Malachi Martin, he used to write uh, all these books, like, for instance, The Keys of This Blood, which he wrote 30 years ago, or Windswept House, which I think came out in 1998, 99. And he likes to refer to his fiction as faction, (laughs) because <laughs> he threw in some facts in there. Yes. Um, so, for, for example, in Windswept House, there is a character who is actually Klaus Schwab, the, the, you know, the, the Dr. Evil, who's bringing about the Great Reset right now. You're right. But more specifically to your question about the third secret of Fatima, yes. um, I think that Father Martin revealed it. And this is, what, this is the quote from him when he was interviewed by Bernard Jansen. On March 22nd, 1997, so exactly 25 years ago this month, Father Martin was on record as saying the following, quote, now, as regards the mystery of Fatima, it still stands. So Russia is within the plans. Why? Uh, That would take me too far afield into papal secrets. Why Russia and Kiev are involved in the final solution of this problem, but they are. Hmm. They are part and parcel, and it's really God's choice. And this is purely and simply God's choice, like yep. he chose the Jews. Right. He has his own favorite solutions. I wouldn't have chosen the Russians or Kiev or the East for salvation, but salvation is to come from the East, unquote. Wow. Dr. Ed, I just want to remind everybody, we're studying Fatima. Let's put it into application. In other words, I'm always telling people about Our Lady saying, you know, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. See, everyone listening, even a five-year-old can do that. We can all participate in helping souls get to heaven. And, you know, when we're talking about Fatima, this is a very important aspect, the third secret We all have seen, Dr. Ed, for the last 60 years in the church, a walking away from the cross of Christ. Okay, I mean, just that's a sheen quote. He even said that. We're worshiping a tin god at the Eucharistic Congress in 76, August 12th. He said that. And Mother Teresa was at that Mass. Why do I say that, Dr. Ed, is because I would like to ask, if you think I'm on to something, because you know my position is, I believe the apostasy— uh, in the church right now, when we have bishops and cardinals that are teaching things that are not traditional Catholic teachings, and even our Lady of Akita said that, do they be going at each other? Mm-hmm. I'm convinced, and after the break, I want to ask you to clarify and see if I'm on to something, because I think you've demonstrated some facts to show that this apostasy that I'm referring to is indeed uh, part of the third secret of Fatima and that uh, many people really didn't want to even address that, even in the year 2000 when Pope Benedict had an opportunity. So I'm going to let you spill the beans, so to speak, on all this about this, uh, you know, uh, the third secret and the tie-in with apostasy. But I have seen, and I can demonstrate all this through numbers of how many priests have left the priesthood since 1965, vocations going down, baptisms going down, uh, marriage is going down, all this. For what? what is going on here? Well, I'm going to ask you to see if Fatima has an answer 
for this because I believe it does. And uh, you're listening, folks, to the Terry and Jesse show. That's not Jesse Romero. That's actually Dr. Ed Mazza filling in for just today. Ed, I want to give a plug to your classes. How can people sign up for classes on history with you? Yes, well, fortunately, I am I'm teaching what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a course on church history yes. that's going to cover everything that's happened in the church from 1966 to 2016. Awesome. And man, that's <laughs> there's a lot. a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to cover world history for that same period. So this is your life, as the old TV show used oh, to say. Yeah. Um, but how so can just they go do to, it? How can they just they have it? to go to edmondmaza.com yeah. uh, as they can see on the screen I awesome. think uh, yeah, edmondmaza.com yeah good well Dr. Ed I want people to do that and you know the thing about it is um, all of this information it all depends on your ability to apply it in your life by living out the Fatima plan because if you get all this information and you go well that's interesting um, you know uh, but I don't buy it you know I don't buy any of it well I'm sorry to say it Fatima is instrumental in your life. This is a uh, an amazing apparition that took place, and it's a it's being lived out right now in 2022. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back. I want to ask Ed more about the third secret and if it's tied into the apostasy of the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. You know, there's a, a Fatima movie that, has, it, well, it goes way back to the old one in the 1950s, the black and white Fatima movie. But, you know, sometimes people won't read books, but they'll watch movies. Ed. It's kind of our culture right now. They turn to YouTube for everything. But I do know um, that, um, oh gosh, her name just escapes me. She was on our, our radio station in the early Barbara Nicolosi, Barbara Nicolosi Harrington. Harrington. Thank you. She did a, a movie. She's not absolutely pleased with everything in there, but it's a Fatima movie. Ed, do you know how people can get that movie? Is that something they can just Google on the uh, I, internet? I, yeah, I think so. I, you know, the Amazon Prime. Yeah, there you or, go. Yeah, there you go. See, I, I don't. Do any of that stuff, but I'm kind of a, 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 a what's I'm, I'm a dinosaur. But Ed, before we took the quick break, which is our last point, I was demonstrating with facts that the apostasy that has gone on. Let's just be honest. In the church, we got, I mean, I'll give you an example. We got an Orthodox bishop down in Puerto Rico getting removed, and we're going to talk later this week about that. And at the same time, we have uh, a Cardinal Marx in Germany celebrating 20 years of queer worship and pastoral care. I mean, that doesn't happen when the church is healthy, okay? That doesn't happen when the discipline of the church is being applied. Uh, I, I'm convinced, Ed, and I want to hear your take, that there is a connection to the Fatima secret and to what's going on in the church today. I, I, it, I don't think it can be denied that the third secret refers to apostasy in the church, mm -hmm. uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, when he was Cardinal Ratzinger in 1984, yes, was interviewed in the Ratzinger Report. I, I remember that book. I got it. Yeah, and he said that when when he was asked why the Third Secret was not revealed, first he said, "Well, it wouldn't 
tell us a whole lot more than what we already know. <laughs> we know about the last things, you know, the end times. Right. Uh, and also, he said, we don't we don't want to promote sensationalism. Um, and yet, uh, when the Vatican in the year 2000 right. released the the vision of the third secret, um, it didn't exactly uh, comport with what he had said uh, about the loss of faith in uh, in 1984. And then 10 years later, in 2010, when he was Pope Benedict, uh, Car uh, Ratzinger said, those who think the prophetic aspect of Fatima is in the past are mistaken. Wow. And that was in 2010. Yeah. So Joseph Ratzinger has read The Third Secret. Yep. Uh, I think he knows more than he is uh, was able to say. Yeah. Or is, is currently able to say. He's about to turn 95 years young next month. Um, but uh, if I could, I would go back to um, Father Malachi Martin. Yep. Because in his book, The, uh, the Keys of This Blood, mm -hmm. which again was written over 30 years ago, he says that there are three ominous things that could happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, the future might be now because, again, it's three decades later. So this is him saying this. This is not me saying this. OK, so if you it will indulge me, I'll just read sure, what he says. Sure. He says that there are three possible outcomes. Any of them could probably would entail the final disintegration of the institutional organization of the church as we have known it. In other words, the devil will never prevail over the body of Christ, but in its institutional aspect, uh, he, he, he could in a certain sense. So uh, one of these possible outcomes, he says, is uh, the uh, how does he how does he phrase this here? He says the day may come that a sizable body of Roman Catholics, clergy and laity become convinced rightly or wrongly uh, that the, the then occupant of the apostolic throne of Peter mm -hmm. is not, perhaps never was, a validly elected pope. That day, uh, the presently continuous piece-by-piece -piece deterioration of the organizational structure will be quickened into a muffled collapse of the entire organization. Wow. He says that could lead to a, a schism. Yeah. Then he says that there's a second possible scenario. And he says, um, this is the second, the same catastrophe of disintegration. I mean, we see disintegration going on all around us with the German bishops, of course. Uh, with the good uh, priests being persecuted. We're going to talk more about that on Friday. Mm -hmm. But he says the second possibility uh, is if a sizable body of Roman Catholic clergy and laity become convinced, rightly or wrongly, uh, that the then occupant of the throne of Peter was elected quite validly, but over time had become heretical and was actually collaborating actively or passively in the piece-by-piece -piece dismemberment of the sacred Petrine office and its ministerial organization. For a pope who became a heretic would cease to be a pope. And then finally, he says, the third 
uh, event that could happen that would help disintegrate the church would be a pope who was validly elected, who never became a heretic, but nevertheless tried to uh, rearrange the church so that it's no longer the pope uh, and the bishops obeying him, but some kind of a synodal. <laughs> I was you know what I mean? Word. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. So now each one of these scenarios, which he talked about 30 years ago, is scary. It is scary. And we could be living through one of these three. Yep. And we need to pray the rosary and get down on our knees and make Eucharistic adoration and wear the brown scapular because, man, we're in a lot of trouble. And you know, Ed, that's why I like to leave our shows with the positive action items of what we can do to live out this Fatima message. Now, starting in April, the first Saturday of each month, not just the first five Saturdays, but we're going to do this once a month, pray the rosary in the chapel, have 15-minute meditation, quiet meditation, uh, and we will uh, have a little talk on Fatima. We'll have confessions available for people every Saturday. We'll have Holy Mass at 5 o'clock every Saturday, and then we're going to have a potluck. And I, I think that you know this is going to build the body of Christ up. And it's not going to be focused on all the negative things that are going on, which there are many negative things happening in the church. But I really want to focus on what you can do as an individual person, whether you're five years old or 50 or 100 years old, we can all live the Fatima message. Because remember, you know, I say this all the time, our lady said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. We prayed yesterday, or it was a Friday, for President Biden. He's a baptized Catholic. I'm offering up sacrifices for his conversion. And, and you know why I do that? Not just because I love him as an individual person for he's baptized and I want to see him get to heaven, but I also have alternative motives. I could see in his position that if he truly believed in the sanctity of life and the teachings of our Catholic faith, that it would affect this world in a real positive way. Your thoughts? You know, because of our baptism, mm -hmm. we are actually, objectively speaking, yes. closer to any other baptized Catholic than we are to our own mother and father children or spouse yep the the tie the ontological connection that we have with each other is actually deeper and stronger that's right so we have to love everybody with yep. a supernatural love and it's it's not easy to love certain people <laughs> we just saw this in the gospel today that we need to love people and again what do we love them with the truth of the gospel of jesus christ in other words, just because you're a CEO, you're not going to get judged any in a different way. You have to follow the same rules. I don't care if you're the Pope. The Holy Father has to follow the Ten Commandments because this is in, instilled in, into the natural law and to the law of the Church. And so yeah. when we look at people who are falling away and dissenting, it's actually charity, Ed to call them back and to pray for their conversion because <clears throat> I'm convinced that it's a sin of omission when we don't speak the truth in charity. Your thoughts? St. Thomas Aquinas talks about fraternal charity, fraternal correction. Mm -hmm. 
that if you're like our Lord says in the gospel, if your brother is not walking right with God, he's committing objectively moral, in, you know, immoral activity. Sure. You and I have an obligation uh, to tell him, That's to right. correct him, to admonish him. That's right. Now, the church teaches that if admonishing him is actually going to make him worse, then we should hold off on the admonishment. Right. But I think in a lot of cases, uh, an admonishment is in order uh, because the person could become better. Yep. Uh, and and it's like God told that prophet in the Old Testament, uh, if if I tell you to go warn the king and he doesn't listen to you, well, then he's going to go to hell, but you're not. But if if you don't warn the king, then not only is he going to go to hell, but you are too. <laughs> Amen. Ed, I'd like to leave this on a note of Fulton Sheen. We started with Sheen. We'll leave with Sheen. He said this about our prayers. He's talking about cloistered nuns, the, the effect they have. He said, the cloistered men and women are doing more for our country than all its politicians, its labor leaders, its army and navy put together. They are atoning for the sins of us all. They are adverting the just wrath of God, repairing the broken fences of those who sin and pray not, rebel and atone not. As ten just men would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah, so ten just saints can save a nation now. Well, Ed, I'm convinced right now at this time there are people's prayers that are being so efficacious that it's holding back the wrath of God. I truly believe that, Ed. Ed, I want to thank you again. For people who want to get in touch with your classes, how can they do that one last time? Yeah, we're running a special right now. Mm -hmm. Courses are deeply discounted. Yes. Go to edmundmaza.com. Excellent. Well, thanks again, and Ed, we'll see you again on Friday. Uh, Ed, I asked Jesse this question, and I know you know the answer. Uh, Dr. Ed Maza, I'm your student. What state should we be living in, brother? The state of grace. You nailed it. You nailed it. And again, I just repeat the third time because that's how you learn things. What did Our Lady say? Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Please, are you willing to make sacrifices today and every day for the salvation of souls? The benefits are out of this world. I want to thank Dr. Ed Mazza. And again, he'll be on Friday with me on the Terry and Jesse show. And uh, I want to thank all the listeners who are supporting us because we couldn't do this without you. May God richly bless you and your family. Full sheen ahead. <laughs>